0: You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at SBT Songs, or check us out at chrisblair.com. Hey, everybody, this is Chris Blair, and welcome to another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. This week, we've got Ben Williams at the Listening Room today. Ben has played here quite a bit in the last couple months where he has shared some of his stories behind his songs, but today we're going to dive even deeper into those stories, taking a look at some of his hits for Megan Maroney and Avery Anna. Ben started out in Nashville seven years ago attending Belmont before landing co-writes with smaller up-and-coming artist Avery Anna. They ended up writing Narcissist, which was his first cut and first song to go to radio. Ben tells the story behind this one as well as how he met Megan Maroney. You're gonna hear the story behind his first co-write with Megan and the many writes that followed. Ben has seven cuts off of Megan's debut album, which went number one on Rolling Stone. Uh, He takes us into the writer's room when they wrote the huge hit, Tennessee Orange and I'm Not Pretty. Ben also walks us through Tennessee Orange going number one and the buzz that came from that, winning several awards, a CMA nomination, and how that song went viral before it even came out. This is a very cool story to hear. Ben also plays an unreleased track for us that he usually plays during his shows here at The Listening Room. This one is so good and has still not been cut. Let us know what you think. Let us know in the comments. Keep an eye out for Ben during his shows here at the listening room. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, give us a follow, click that notification bell so you can stay up to date when we uh, sit down with new songwriters. We also want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Sennheiser, Imperfect Esthetician, and All Clear Inners. If you are looking for a good set of in-ear monitors, make sure to take advantage of our code SBT SONGS during checkout and you get 10% off. Let's get to it. Here is this week's episode with Ben Williams. All right, here we are again with another episode, and this week. We have Ben Williams. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah, stoked to be here. Thanks for setting your alarm early and getting <laughs> <Yeah>. up, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going on a good
1: 45 minutes away. Dude, I'm yeah. rocking and rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Wipe that uh, stuff out of your eyes. Yeah, I was yeah. like in the
1: car on the way. I was like, oh, that's toothpaste. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, so let's, let's dive in. Um, how yeah. long have you been in town?
1: I have been in town, I guess, technically full-time for about seven years now. My family's all from Pegram, Tennessee. Okay. So I spent the majority of my summers growing up in Nashville kind of anyways. So it feels like I've been here my whole life. Yeah. But I moved here like full-time officially about seven years ago when I transferred into Belmont. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a signed writer.
0: hmm So how yeah. how did that process uh, go yeah. for you when you first got to town? How'd you get signed? Yeah. Okay.
1: That's such a great question. So pretty much I transferred in from a college called Santa Clara University in California to belmont university and while i was at belmont my sophomore year i got an internship at the company i'm still signed to today called major bob music yeah and at major bob i like filed all the papers transcribed the lyrics for literally like two years (laughs) i was like you guys can't kick me out of here i'm just like i need to be ingrained here and just do my thing and i had like an edm cut um while i was an intern and it was like top 15 on edm radio and they were like wow our intern is like writing songs like we need to talk to them. And long story short, that turned into them offering my, me my deal, which was going to be like May of 2020. But COVID hit in March. And so that deal kind of went off the table, which was also going to time up right when I graduated school. Yeah. But long story short, like that deal got pushed back, but I signed it August of 2020. So right when I graduated school, I kind of got to immediately start working professionally, which was such a blessing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're a great team. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I've been there for, technically I've been in the building for like six years now. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Since I was 19. Yeah. You just don't have to file anymore. No, I just don't have to file. Thank goodness. (laughs) I mean, I still would if they need me to, but. (laughs) <laughs>
0: well i mean they they made a uh a good choice uh yeah. because i mean you've you've got some great songs i want to dive like right into yeah. it um yeah. and maybe go back to like how you got into music in the first place if okay. we got some yeah. time
1: but for sure uh
0: you wrote narcissist for yes. avery anna right. that was certified gold yes um so talk yeah. talk about that
1: yeah i think that that's that was like it's so funny when I play here, I always kind of intro it with like, this was the first song I ever got to hear on the radio. This is like the first plaque I got to hang on the wall. And I'm always like, this was the first song I got to go home for Thanksgiving and my parents not be like, what are you doing <laughs> with your what? life? What is a songwriter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, that so pretty much uh, we'll get into Megan as well. But I was Avery Anna and Meg Maroney's first co-writes in Nashville ever which is wow, crazy. yeah. But so Narcissist came, I guess, about a year after we'd been writing, and it was my first write with David Fanning, who I'm close with and is her producer as well. And we sat down that day, and we were just kind of like trying to do something different and new and young and just like emotional. And we only wrote the first half that day. We wrote like the first cor- the first verse and the first chorus, and then we didn't have like, we never said the title. And we were like, oh, that's so cool. We should probably just, do that the whole song but then it took us like i ended up going out of town with my fiance and her family and texting like second verse options from the airplane and <laughs> so we like kind of like um pieced it together from there but it ended up she ended up putting it out and the the, the platform it what the most crazy on was actually youtube like right away hmm. youtube just grabbed it in the comment sections even still today when i need some inspiration i'll go to the comment sections on that song and it's just thousands of people and their stories with narcissists and we really when we were writing that song we didn't know how much an like of an impact it would have on that community yeah but looking back it's like so cool to be like oh my first song like touched so many people in that certain way which is pretty cool yeah uh where did the idea come from you know i i really don't know i know like in that moment i think it was just Well, I do know, but like the idea, the specific narcissist idea, I think it just kind of came out, but Avery had been dating this guy from high school who had just been a typical high school relationship, a guy not emotionally smart at all yet, (laughs) who just wasn't really nice to her and wasn't, and Avery's the sweetest, you know, the sweetest person you'll ever meet. Yeah. And so he just wasn't emotionally intelligent and was just kind of mean and only thought about himself and kind of a lot of the lines that we ended up writing were just like, you know. You lose your voice when you, you know, like, you, you yelled too much, like you yelling at me. You're so mean. You're putting me down. And so, as we were writing it, we were kind of even looking at the definition of what a narcissist was. And I think that's kind of where we were like, oh, these qualities of this person that we're trying to write about actually fit this definition pretty to the T. And I think that's maybe where we pieced the narcissist part together. Mm, so good. So fun. Yeah, I love that one.
0: Um, well, you mentioned Megan. Yeah. Uh I grew up uh, in St. Louis, Okay. so I was a Mizzou fan. Okay, gotcha. Um, but it was kind of like I was a Mizzou fan uh, because my family was a Mizzou fan. Right. Like I, I probably was like I can maybe name like yeah. two or three players. Yeah, I don't, yeah. You know, I wasn't really a fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then moved to Nashville like 20 years ago and yeah. uh, became a UT fan. Okay. So, Sweet. Um, so when I'm that a UT fan too. When that song came out, I was like, oh man, this is this is such a good twist of like. Yeah. you know and and the rivalry like now obviously mizzou is part of the sec right when i moved here it wasn't so it was like i didn't get it like i moved and i was like "Whoa, this is a whole beast like this this is is like yeah so um talk about i mean you had seven songs seven cuts on uh megan's album Mm -hmm. um first number one yeah um i mean just incredible story so like i want to hear about you know obviously tennessee but like um you know just that relationship you said that you were the uh you you guys you were her first right right so um walk us through like how that relationship developed and then like
1: writing for that album okay for sure so it's such an interesting story so at the time my plugger was tina crawford tina used to work at major bob and she left about i want to say a year and a half into my first deal and at the time i was like you know, baby writer right into my first deal, no cuts, no nothing. Like just, you know, kind of the beginning sort of writes the right dating all around town. And so I, at the time too, I was like trying to write like a Morgan Wallen song, Luke Bryan song and all these like songs that, you know, those guys are cutting songs from their buddies. They're not really interested in what the guy who just signed his deal is doing. So I needed to kind of figure out who was on my playing field. And so Julie Griffith, who's Megan's manager to this day, had called Tina and asked if she had any baby writers, because Megan had never really written a song, and if anybody would be interested in writing with her. And that was me, which is really crazy to look back. But that whole connection even with Julie starts with Megan went to Georgia, yeah, and she interned for Christian Bush, who's now her producer. Yeah. Christian Bush from Sugarland, Yeah. If you guys don't know him by name. And so at the time, Christian was kind of like, oh, my intern is a Good singer and knows the business. And she, he's the one who introduced Megan to Julie. And then Julie called Tina and was like, Do you have anybody who'd want to work with Megan? She hasn't done this before. And that was, I was like 22 at the time. And so we just started writing on Zoom. And she was back in Douglasville, where she's from in Georgia. She hadn't even moved to Nashville yet. And so we would just write on Zoom like all the time. And I remember the first day that we ever wrote, I think it was the tail end of 2020. Or the very beginning of 2021 but i remember being in denver with my fam with uh, my fiance's family and her being on my calendar and, and me being like i don't know this person like we've never written i'm kind of on vacation and i was like i was like thinking like should i just like move this day or cancel this day like i don't really feel like working while i'm on vacation and i look back and i'm like man Ca- am i glad did yeah. do that <laughs> yeah and like you know on, also i wouldn't have had a friend because we're good friends yeah. too And so right then, right when she moved to town, we started writing. And the first one I think that got people's attention was like Hair Salon. Mm. I don't know if you ever heard Mm -hmm. Hair Salon. But like, so we wrote her EP, Pistol Made of Roses, came out before the album. And we did, together, we did Keep the Flowers, He Made Me Do It, and Hair Salon on that. And that was kind of like, oh, I get this sound. We are creating a sound. Mm. It's kind of just like funny, smart, lyrical, you know ideas but also that don't sound like pop country you know it sounds more country than it has been and so hair salon kind of got it got it going like it was her first i think well wonder her song that she written by herself had maybe done a million streams but it was like the first song in town that people were like who is this girl what yeah. is this what is this style of writing and then after that i don't even like ever remember her being like let's start writing an album like, I really don't remember that ever being like a task, but I know out of all those songs on the record, I'm Not Pretty, which is now her radio single right now, we had written way early on. I mean, I remember like that EP that I was talking about. Like, I remember her being like, I don't know, should I put I'm Not Pretty on this EP or should I wait till I have a record? So that song's like, I mean, we probably wrote that closing in on three years ago, which is crazy. Wow. And then Sleep on My Side. I think was another earlier one. And I remember her coming in that day with pretty much the full chorus and her being like, I don't know, is this like too risque or stupid to say? And I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) Let's do that. It's like, cause you know, the hook is like, I sleep on my side and you sleep with everyone. And that's like, it's my favorite song to play here. I always start the round with it yeah, because most people haven't heard it, but uh, definitely the younger kids have because it was so big on TikTok. Yeah. And so it just always sets the scene when I'm like looking out at the crowd and they're like (laughs) listening intently to this song. And then I say sleep with everyone. They're like, what? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) But no. And then, you know, I remember, I guess I could get into a little bit about Tennessee Orange, but I remember the day that we wrote Tennessee Orange. I mean, the day that she told me kind of what, you know, what the plan was for it or maybe like the social media buzz that I think came from it was the day we wrote Lucky, which ended up being the title track. And I love talking about Lucky because that song was like, I think that was the day that we were like, okay, this is the album. This is country music. This is the centerpiece. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't know if it'll ever be a radio single, it was kind of like, this is the sound. And then I remember when she was saying that she wanted to name the record Lucky was because she felt like that's, you know, kind of how her career has gone so far. And she just feels lucky about it. Like, even though that was also the title, it was like that whole meaning behind it, which I thought was so cool. Yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then uh so when did she bring the idea yeah. for Tennessee Orange?
1: So we wrote that I had to like check my phone the other day cuz somebody asked me but I think we wrote it April of 2022. Yeah, cuz it went to radio in 2023. 2022. Yeah, so we wrote it April of 2022 and that day was it was so crazy so i had walked into Major Bob Tina was still there at the time. Yeah. And I had a totally different right on the calendar. I mean, I was not supposed to see Megan that day at all. And so I walked in and like Major Bob has like these steps in the middle of the room. And Tina, I like, I used to have this office like on the left and I walked in there and Tina came, I could like hear somebody coming down the steps and I was like, weird. But she, I think she like came into my room and she was like, hey, I canceled your right because Megan is writing with Paul Jenkins and David Fanning and they've never really met and. I think it'd be great if you just like, you know, cause you and Megan write all the time, if you just kind of made that intro, you guys all wrote together. And I was like, Okay, great. Any at any any time that I want that, like, you know, that Megan was available to write, I wanted to write with her because I knew that we were building something really cool. Yeah. Even before anything had happened. And so Megan called me and she's like, Hey, I heard you're coming to the right, which is so great because I had this idea last night and it's called Tennessee Orange, and I was gonna save it for you, but now that you're coming today, let's just write it. And she literally had the whole idea, which was like you know, in Georgia, they called us in, I'm wearing Tennessee orange rims. She had that. And I was like, that's so cool. I was like, my mom went to UT and she hates that gaudy orange. (laughs) So I was like, I immediately get what this is about. And I think we could crush it. And literally we got there and she told them the idea and we all loved it. And before that, Megan and I had never written a love song like ever because she hates boys. And I'm, kind of like a bad bitch at heart. So I'm like, why would we write love songs anyways? Yeah. (laughs) But she was like, you're not going to believe me, but we want to write a love song today. And we just started rolling. I think like the first verse, the chorus, the second verse and the bridge were all there, but it wasn't exactly the way you hear it today. And like, it was really close. But Megan is the type of person, and she's a genius songwriter in her own right. But she went home that day and she changed. We had a different line and she added like the, I'll blow a fuse at the beginning. And then she changed a little bit of the second verse. And then I remember right before she went in to cut it, which I think she cut it in June. Um, and there's a funny story with that too, because when she was going to cut it, she was like, I just, I want to get this song out because I think we're going to write a better, like Georgia football song by next season or something. And I was like, yeah, probably. But it was because we didn't know what it was going to yeah. do. But right before she went in and cut, she was like, I want to change Something about the song to make people not think I'm a Tennessee fan because she's not, she's a Georgia fan. Yeah, and so just her and I literally, I think it was a couple days before she recorded it. We just got back in together and just scanned through the whole thing and we added right at the end, I still want yeah. the dogs to win. And that was like, now when I sang that, now I think that's like Megan's, Hey guys, don't forget, I'm still a Georgia fan. Yeah, wow, that's really it. Crazy, that's so good, man. Yeah. I want to,
0: I want to talk a little bit more about what came
1: after yeah,
0: that song. Of but do you want to
1: play a little bit of it? Sure. Let's see if I could sing at 9.30 this morning.
2: Mama, I'm calling, I got some news Don't you tell Daddy, he'll blow a fuse Don't worry, I'm doing okay I know you raised me to know right from wrong. It ain't what you think and I'm still writing songs. Just never thought I'd see the day. And I never felt this way. But I miss somebody and he's got blue eyes. He opens a door and he don't make me cry. He ain't from where we're from, buddy. Feels like home, yeah, he's got me doing things I've never done. In Georgia, they call it a sin. I'm going to do it. And I still want the dogs to win. <laughs> but I'm wearing Tennessee orange for him. <laughs> I love it, man. I had to do
1: the
0: dogs. Yes, thing. yes. She'll thank you for that.
1: (laughs) Of
2: course. (laughs) I don't. Uh, I want the volume. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Sennheiser microphones. When we first started this podcast, we were using some older microphones and Sennheiser came in and sponsored us and gave us some MK4s and 914s. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's made all of the difference in the world. We love these microphones. We use them at the listening room as well and i just can't say enough great things about them go check out sennheiser.com if you are into music in any way their microphones are hands down the best on the planet go check them out sennheiser.com and thank you sennheiser for the support and the sponsorship we love y'all um so i, I want to dive in like uh the awards week here oh, in nashville yeah. is yeah. so fun yeah. uh it's so also fun. Like, we need a week of vacation (laughs) after it. Um, But, you know, like, I loved, uh, you know, like, watching her over and over Mm -hmm. and over. Just Mm -hmm. all of the success that week. I was at the CSAC Awards. Oh, okay, yeah. um, And uh, so, yeah, just talk about, I mean, uh, CMA Song of the Mm -hmm. Year nominee and just everything that came after and, like, just how quickly that song just blew up.
1: I mean, it was so first off i have to say like how grateful i am for all of it because it just changed my life overnight and everything about you know my career really fast and it was it it happened so fast i think where it was like i don't know if we were able to ever emotionally catch up to what was kind of happening Mm. because tennessee like she so she posted the picture in the vol shirt and that just broke the internet immediately (laughs) like whose shirt is this whose shirt is this And then separate from that, which I don't know if people really talk about as much because the whole, you know, is that Morgan's Wallen shirt was the talk of the town. But like the clip of just the song too, the whole I met somebody part went viral on TikTok separate from it being about the Morgan thing. It was like a whole trend of like posting who you were dating or like just like a a couple things. So there was like a hundred and like 60,000 videos that use the sound along with the whole other Viral part of whose shirt is this? So the song was just blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. There were news articles about everything at the same time where people were actually listening to the song because it was a love song. So the streams just went like crazy. And then she ended up signing her record deal right when the song was blowing up. And then all of a sudden, Awards Week rolls around and we're like NSAI, they gave us the top 10, you know, the 10 songs I wish I've written. We had the CMA song of the year, ASCAP, you know, most performed. And so not only was it like, you know, my, I guess, second hit because of Narcissist, but it was my first radio single, it was my first top 40, first number one, first CMA nomination, first NSAI. It was like everything that you could kind of check off the bucket list Yeah, was with my first big song. And it was just like, I mean, it was so unbelievable. I remember like I got to have my parents and my grandparents and Bella's parents come to mm. the NSAI Awards. And then my dad and my grandma come from the CMAs and my mom and everybody to be there. And it was really just like, it was so hard to live in the moment because it it was just all like, a you know, I guess like a snowball. And you're just like, what's next? What's next? It's never ending. It's never ending. And now looking back on it, it's like, oh, my gosh, like that was kind of a once in a lifetime. Hopefully it won't be, but like yeah, such an unbelievable thing to look back on. So overwhelming and so cool and so dream come true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean it,
0: the, the way that it just kind of blew up and I mean, you're right. It just, I mean, it, it, even as just as a fan, yeah. you know, just watching, you know, that song blow up on socials, yeah. um, and in a good way right like right. there's a lot of things right. that blow up and it's like oh this is like uh you know mm-hmm. it's a cool song right. like clicky or whatever right. but it the the like i said earlier the, the spin and the way mm-hmm. that you guys told that story yeah. was just so brilliant oh thanks and um yeah i like, i just you know i'm a, i'm a fan it was oh. it was cool it, it was <laughs> cool to just a have Tennessee a backseat and uh and and watch but yeah. um i don't i don't think it's that once in a lifetime thing yeah. So, um, <laughs> and you've already got like let's uh, yeah. let's come off of the success yeah. of Tennessee Orange, yeah. and you've got I'm Not Pretty. Yeah. Um, that's that's yeah. also doing great that you wrote yeah. with her. So, uh,
1: yeah. like, w- take us into the room that day. Okay. So, I'm not pretty. So, Micah Carpenter, Mackenzie Carpenter, Megan, and myself write a bunch together, and we've been writing pretty much the four of us since Megan first moved to Nashville. We call ourselves Jimmy James. Because at the end of, Megan has Megan and Mackenzie have a song called Nothing Crazy Out. And at the end of Nothing Crazy, we talk about naming dogs and naming babies. And we go, how about Ella Grace and Jimmy James? What about Scout and Sadie? And so we just decided to call ourselves Jimmy James. And we always have. And we still write a bunch together. Megan just went in and cut a couple new ones of ours, which I'm really excited about. But anyways, that day, we, when you put the four of us in a room, we're definitely going to get a song. But we're just gonna laugh the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And we used to write at Major Bob and we were so loud, just laughing and being obnoxious that I would get texts to be like, hey, can you guys be quiet? <laughs> You're kicked but out of here. Literally like the Keep other, writing songs, but yeah, go somewhere else. <laughs> the other people like couldn't focus because we all are the same and we just make each other laugh the whole time. And so when we were writing I'm not pretty, that was another Megan has, I mean, Megan is one of my favorite idea people to ever write with. And that was another one of her ideas. And I was like, Yeah, it's great. Let's write that. But anyway, so that day we were writing, we wrote the first verse and the second and the first chorus. And we could not finish it because we were just literally having too much fun that I think it became like 4.30 p.m. And we're like, guys, let's go home. <laughs> yeah. But well, we have a good idea started. So then we went back to Micah and Mackenzie. Micah still lives there, but over on 15th Avenue by Belmont and we had finished that song i think we kind of did like a wine night every once in a while we'd be like should we do like jimmy jane's pizza and wine and like finish all it. the ideas that we've started yeah and so we we sat on their couch and we put um we put the lyrics of i'm not pretty on the tv so we are like looking at the lyrics on the tv and writing it but i remember it just coming out super fast and we all like were so comfortable with each other that no one is ever you know in their phone writing the lyrics and then being like, what do you guys think about this? Yeah. We're so fast. Mm, so that good. Like, it's yeah. just everybody's, I can't even remember which lines of the, that song were mine because mm. we're just like, hey, what about this? What about, this? yes, yes, yes. And then we just continue. And then that song, I mean, had a life of its own on TikTok. And I think the big thing about that was it was her first song that she put out after Tennessee Orange. Yeah. And so there was so much anticipation. and I think it kind of led right now to, you know, I think we're 25 on the charts and rocking and rolling. Yeah. It's crazy. And rising, yeah. And rising, yeah. yeah. I'm like, come on, let's go back. To that. Yeah,
0: man, I love that. I, uh, you know, that's that's one of the coolest things um, that I love about this place. Yeah, you know, is that we get to hear all these stories and songs mm-hmm. uh, before yeah. anybody else does. You right. know Before they, you know, like you guys write these songs and you come in here and you're like, hey, ah, yeah. I just wrote this today Literally. or last <laughs> week or whatever. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Like, yeah. um, And it's so cool. And especially to watch those songs become yeah. what songs like Tennessee end up yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, but it's also really cool to hear the songs that nobody else has ever heard. For sure. Um, and uh, I want to dive into that a little yeah. bit because we love having you here. Yeah. Um, love being here. And uh, they're a great song that um, that we all love yeah. that, that – has not been released. Yeah. I want to dive into that if we
1: can yeah, a little bit. Of course. So, can we
0: talk about 30,000
1: feet? Of course. I love it. <laughs> I was literally just thinking about this because I feel like I play it every time yeah. I come here. And, um, I have two new songs. I just did, um, I just wrote with Old Dominion. We wrote one of my favorite songs I think I've ever written, which I might replace 30,000 with next time. Oh, come on. But then we just did this, uh, if you saw on social media that Walker Hayes posted a song called Zach Bryan and it was all about Zach Bryan and that beef, well, Walker and I wrote that together <laughs> last week, and so I might have to tell that story here too. But yeah. we did uh, so thirty thousand feet. I love. I'm did I did you just think of this? I love that you're asking me about. Uh, it.
0: Yeah, it's a great story. I want to, I want you. To, yeah, so,
1: take us into it. So, at the time, this was I guess two years ago. We, me, Andy Sheridan. Josh Miranda and Brett Warren from the Warren yeah. Brothers would do 9 a.m. Wednesday clubs. So every other Wednesday, we would start at 9 a.m. and just kind of just start something crazy that we could text to an artist or just really hang out, but just get the day started early. And it was my first right. This was our first Wednesday club. So it was my first right with Brett ever. And I hadn't really had any success at all yet. So Brett was like a massive right to me. I mean, Brett wrote Red Solar yeah, cup and every huge, time. Yeah. I mean, just the man. And I remember we were sitting there for a second and had not decided on an idea. And I was like, oh, crap. He's going to think I suck because I don't have any good, like, I'm like, what am I doing? And he was like, hey, Ben, like, you're the young, new kid. Like, he literally was like, tell me the weirdest title that you have in your phone. And I was like, what does that mean? And I was like, there's weird stuff in all of our phones. But I was like, <laughs> I had a title literally called 30,000 Feet Above El Paso. And I was like, that's got to be weird enough. And he was like, I love that he was like take me to where you were when you thought about it and i just remember like you know i've been a really happy relationship for six years but i'm a songwriter so i'm always thinking about breakup stuff and i literally rem- i remember being on a united flight from wherever we were going over el paso and looking i'm a, i'm a scared of flying so i'm always like looking at the data or whatever and i remember it literally saying like thirty thousand feet and we were over el paso and i was like Ooh, that sounds cool in my head. And then I was like looking out the window. I was like, I bet somebody on this flight like just got broken up with or something and they're thinking about their breakup and I was like thirty thousand feet above El Paso, but like, I'm still not over you, sort of thing. And I remember telling that to Brett and he was like, That's so cool and so different and we wrote like we wrote the whole song that day and we sent it to a bunch of artists, but I think we sent it to Jake Owen and Morgan Wallen had it for a second and then that was before his his big record and so they didn't end up cutting it and it's still a free agent one of my favorite songs to play yeah love yeah. it do you want to play a little bit of that one? Oh yeah let's go gosh that's fun i need to figure out how to play this old dominion song because i want you guys to hear it that's
0: yeah awesome.
2: I only brought a backpack up in the overhead A couple clean shirts and a pack of cigarettes And I don't smoke Old flip-flops and a pair of shades and a paper bag A way ought to get me to where I need to go Sipping seven and seven on a 737 with a hell of a window view. I'm a one way away from the 38 shade doing everything I can do. How did you catch me? It's like your memory flies as fast as this plane'll move. I'm 30,000 feet above El Paso. You think I'd be over you? You think I'd be over you.
0: Come on, man. Dude, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Thank you. When did you uh, figure out
1: that you wanted to write songs? I never even thought that I would ever want to do that in the first place. So I was at, um, I would mentioned a little bit earlier that I was at Santa Clara University before I transferred into Belmont. Yeah. And none of my family is musical at all so i didn't grow up around music at least nobody playing it but my mom always had country on because she's from pegram tennessee and that's just what we listen yeah but um my brother he kind of started playing the guitar but more like finger picking style Uh uh-huh and i never had the patience to learn guitar like that i still don't (laughs) and uh but we had a key we had a piano like a a baby grand or whatever, in the garage. And i he taught me at least how to play chords. And so this was kind of like the summer before college. So I learned like C, G, D, A, E, B, like the simplest chords mm-hmm. on the piano. And just for fun, just so I could like sing country songs like horribly. And when I went to Santa Clara University, I had a keyboard in my dorm that I never played, but like was just kind of there. And I remember we were on quarters. So it was the second quarter, which was pretty much right before Christmas of my freshman year. This would have been 2016. I sat down one day and I like played three chords and I like just threw out a song and it happened so fast. I mean, it was 20 minutes and it had like a twist to it. I remember it was called Lost and Found and it was like horrible. But the hook was, you know, like I'm in the lost and found sort of thing but like with you I'm lo- I was lost and now I'm found and like I just remember being like what was that mm. I have no idea how I just did that I've never done that before I've never tried to do that I didn't even know I could rhyme words <laughs> and I was like I just was obsessed and like I was already obsessed with lyrics when I listen to music I really can barely hear the music at all all I really hear is the lyric and the yeah. melody and from that day on so I guess right but it would have been yeah right before 2017 i just would write songs every day like i would skip class and write songs and go to practice to run and just write more songs and i just became obsessed with it and i literally haven't changed anything to till today i just write songs every day but that summer after i'd finished my freshman year i went into my dad's office and i was like listen like i Whatever this is, I, don't, I didn't even know a publishing deal existed. I didn't even know you could make a living writing songs. But yeah. I was like, I'm passionate about this. I hate communications and political science. Like <laughs> I'm probably just going to be a real estate agent or something. But I was like, hey, I want to move to Nashville. And he was like, okay, whatever. And I was like, well, I'm, I really want to. And so I literally went into another room in the house, called, well, I called Vanderbilt first. Because, well, I kind of wanted to just move here and bartend. My parents were like, you should try to go to college if you can. Cause I was running and that helped me get into school. Yeah. So I called Vandy and I was like, do you guys have a track team? Cause Vandy was the only school I knew in Nashville. And they're like, we don't. We only have a club team. So we can't like get you in. And I was like, oh, I went like colleges in Nashville. And Belmont popped up and I was like, whoa, it's a music school too. And they have a track team and they have a cross country team. So I literally called the coach and he was like, on the phone call, he was like, "Yeah, I mean, your grades look good enough, your times look good enough." He was like, "I think I have a locker for you." And like on that call, he literally went over to admissions and was like, "Yeah, we can get you in if you want to come. Just let me know." And I was like, "I want to come." So like within that wow. tiny period of time, I like called Santa Clara, dropped out, and accepted admittance. I'm sure it was maybe a little longer than I'm making it sound. <laughs> Don't want to get Belmont in trouble, but like it was that fast where I went back into my dad's office. and I was like, "Well." I'm going. not only do I want to, I am. I am. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, he kind of was just like, it's your life roll with it, whatever. And in a, in a supportive way. And then my mom who's from here was like stoked. She was like, I don't know if this is ever going to work out, but I'm so happy you're going back to Nashville. And that was literally how I started writing songs and just moved here on a whim. Wow. Literally a whim. Yeah. Just tried to make it happen.
0: I'm glad Crazy. you did, man. You write great songs too. and we love having you here all uh, the time. So I love being
1: here. Man, thank voice. you.
0: Uh, thanks for sharing these stories. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, can't wait to have you back uh, down the road, yeah. and you know, we'll talk about the next the next hits that are yeah, coming. Yeah, so.
1: so stoked. I mean, this whole thing it's it's such a blessing to be able to wake up not only like do what I love for a living, but also you know see that it's working and get to enjoy the fruits of it. And also yeah. like you know, Megan and I started both with nothing, and so to rise together and sort of make our marks alongside each other has been a blessing. Yeah, stoked.
0: Yeah. Um, well, before we wrap up, I always yeah. end with the same question. And I asked you before, uh, yeah. we started, if you'd heard any episodes and you said, no. Yeah. So you have no idea what's coming and no. we're almost a year into this dude. Okay. So get on the train I and listen to say, a podcast. i like a podcast I mean, nerd, Christian so. Bush, you were talking about, he's a buddy of mine. Yeah. He's been on here. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, um, <crap. laughs> so, uh, if you go back to yeah. eight year old Ben, yeah, uh, that at that point, wasn't doing music at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you've learned what you've learned mm-hmm. and you've done what you've done. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you give yourself today?
2: Oh, that's so good. I feel like the, there's two things. The first thing is when you have
1: that fiery passion sort of thing, recognize it and chase it down. Mm. because When I, thank God I felt that way with songwriting because had I just gone, Ooh, I really love doing this, but this will just be my hobby sort of thing. My whole life would look different right now. And so I think if you're so passionate about what you, something that you love, find out how to make that the forefront of your world. So good. And I think like, you know, for me in high school, that was football and I loved football, but I never really made it my passion. I never, I, and I wanted to play in college, but I never really like made that my goal. I didn't nerd it, nerd it out about it and learn every part about it. I didn't dive in like I did with songwriting. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. And then the other thing too is like, I really, 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 really do believe like the sky is the absolute limit. And like, if, if don't ever let anybody diminish your dreams or anything with that I remember like being in the car with my dad like on the way to Palm Desert not that he said anything negative but he was like he was like you know what do you what do you want to do with this whole songwriting thing and I literally said I want to be the best songwriter in the world and like I still feel that way and for me like every day waking up and I want to be the best at what I do and guess what if I'm not the best at what I do by the time that my career is over hopefully I'll be close or somewhere there so I think it's like Chase down whatever passion you you have and then shoot to be the best and try to be the best because you're either going to end up the best or you're going to be close to it. And I think that's just something I've always like, at least I've I've recently, the last five years, really tried to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Such great advice, man. Oh, dude. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. (laughs) Thank, Thank you, you, everybody out there for listening. Uh, we will put liner notes in there uh, in, in the notes below to uh, follow Ben and uh, make sure that you keep up with him and uh, watch the new songs that are coming out soon. And uh, we'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Stories Behind Songs with Ben Williams. Yeah, Come to a show. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. Make sure to give us a follow on Spotify if you enjoyed this episode and make sure you click that notification button so you can keep notified when new episodes come out. We release brand new episodes every Tuesday and you can find us on YouTube at Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to send us a comment, letting us know what you thought of the episodes. We love getting your feedback and share this with your friends. The more we grow, the more that we can keep doing this. It's our mission to bring you all of these great stories behind the songs from some of Nashville's most iconic artists and songwriters, publishers, producers, everyone in between, and a lot of my great friends. We love what we do and we love sharing their stories with you. We appreciate all of the continued support. Thanks also to all of our sponsors and we will see you all next week.